right. Welcome to Wheel Decide Wednesday. This is a special feature of the Do Better podcast. I'm Dr. Megan Miller. And I'm Joe Smith. And we are ready to spin our wheel. Yes. <laughs> and if you guys don't know, we only have two minutes and 30 seconds to talk about this topic each. So for, for a total of five minutes, we'll be topic, talking on this topic that we have no prep work on. So this should be fun. And it's kind of funny that this is what came up. Should school return as normal, which is like sort of related to what Leslie posted, yeah. but it also was Leslie's uh, vote, like submitted this to us like weeks ago. So Leslie, you will win some do better swag. Um, I will grab your address. I'll touch base with you and I'll mail out some swag to you. So thanks for submitting this idea. Uh, I think Joe, you went first last time. So do you want okay. me to go first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Here we go. I've got my timer set. Okay. So I think this is a really difficult topic because there's just not enough information for any of us to make informed decisions right now. There's in general, not enough known about coronavirus. There's not, there's so much misinformation and like media blowing stuff up that, you know, isn't true. Um, various leadership people, and I'm not just talking about the president, but like just a variety of people for whatever things they, you know, are whatever drives them that doesn't necessarily relate to public health <laughs> saying yeah. things. Um, so for me, it's hard to really say a yes or no answer on this. I think as a behavior analyst, we should let the data, you know, help to guide things. And one of, one of the things that's interesting to me is that, you know, back in March when this wasn't as big of a problem as it is now, the schools did shut down. And I don't know, I just feel like if they needed to shut down then, why? But when I think about it, then I'm like, well, in March, we knew even less. <laughs> so yeah. one would hope that from March until now, schools have been planning and like creating, you know, new environments and like figuring out how they'll operate come fall and come up with plans for that. What the biggest thing I think is that unfortunately, just with the way that our, at least in the United States society is set up, schools are a cornerstone. Like a lot of people say, you know, they should be considered an essential service at this point. Um, mm -hmm. There's so much reliance on school systems and better or for worse, that's just what it is right now. So that being said, figuring out a plan like what we were talking about before we started recording where there's options, where families who need to keep their kids home for one reason or another can and can do virtual school, where families who need to send their children can and safe measures are in place at the school. I think the biggest issue though is like a funding situation because we all know those schools that are already like falling apart and can barely provide for their students. Like, so now what are they going to do? And especially for like the families who don't have access to the technology and whatnot, it's going to continue to, whether the schools stay open or closed, it, COVID is continuing to create a, a more um, of a divide of an achievement gap and like, you know, disparity between the, the haves and the have nots. And that's a really big issue. And I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> went over a few seconds. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. That's a great topic. And, um, we can, I mean, I, this, 
this is a larger, like more than like, this could go on for like half a day or a day, you know, weeks <laughs> conversation. Well, I feel like two minutes and 30 seconds is like a nice chunk of time just to put it in a nutshell, like exactly like how we're feeling. So let me try to do it in two minutes and 30 seconds. All right. So as you guys know, I've been te I, I was a teacher for uh, 12 years. Um, so this topic really hits home for me. I am not, I mean, I'm not in the school system right now, but I understand why my teachers have a big um, concern over um, students coming back to regular public school, even students who have special needs, just because some other students that we work with are in, in elementary, um, are in elementary, they need help on identifying what is what personal space is. They need help with um, a lot of social cues. They need help with, um, you know, keeping them ha their hands and feet to themselves. And um, they have a lot of aggression as well um, and other um, interfering behaviors that happen at school. And that's really difficult for me as um, just working in the type of setting I did to really, I mean, to maintain that, like for teachers and students to maintain that social distancing. Um, there's no way that we can provide social distancing or provide the resources that are needed to um, safely have our teachers return and also our students. But I also feel like if we don't allow our students to return there are especially the students who have uh who are in special education will um fall behind even more so than where they are now and that's why i have a hard time with saying they they shouldn't return to school i i think there should be options but here's the problem too megan as i feel like if you give the parents options as far as when students can return, 99% of the parents are gonna say, no, they can go back to school now. And then what do you do with social distancing? How do you set up the, an environment to keep everyone safe? So I don't, I mean, I really don't know whether or not um, it be, it, it's safe to return to school, but I also feel like uh, we don't have the data, I mean, enough data to say um, if they can or can't, and, and is this safe or not. And then the data that we do have is how um, reliable is that data? How valid is that data? And is it really measuring what we need to make these informed decisions? So that's my time. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Um, Vicki said adults can't do social distancing or wear masks successfully. So why do we think school children can? And of course, like the behavior analyst in me, is, there's two things. One, we both, Joe, you and I both know, and we've talked about this. Unfortunately, classroom teachers aren't currently required or trained on classroom behavior management, period. Yeah. So that, that brings up like a whole separate topic of, you know, if, if they were and they understood how to more quickly um, 
get classroom expectations being followed and, and use the science of learning and behavior to have those things happen, I would actually have a ton of confidence. And, th and there's plenty of teachers I know that will be more successful at creating those expectations than, um, than our president has been <laughs> or and then our governor here in Florida has and like any other places. So um, it's, uh, it's funny because it, actually some children in some classrooms will probably learn better like sanitary practices and like safe behavior in that classroom with that amazing teacher than they are elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. So there is that, but it, unfortunately that's the exception, not the rule. And then the other thing is that even if we do get students to go back like this, I mean, just even just special education students, the problem I have with it is the school districts are going to shove 10 kids in their room and consider that, you know, oh no, you're social distancing. You have a low number of kids. Not when you have an EBD classroom um, of students who are highly aggressive. Um, you, you need to even make the classroom sizes even smaller with um, like a one-on-one -on -one ratio just to, just to have that, to allow for instructional control and then also to have those, uh, those teachers in place so then they can, uh, you can immediately address any behaviors that come, I mean, come arise um, yeah. during classroom. But I know the school districts, they're going to shove 10 kids into a classroom with three teachers, um, well, two, two, two teachers and probably an aide, and it's going to be too much for yeah. them. Yeah. And then of course we didn't even talk. There's like so many things we're totally just going over on our time on this one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, you know, obviously the teachers too, and their rights to safety. There are teachers that have compromised immune systems or who are older yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. One of the other things that I thought about just in like general for overall COVID management, that would be helpful in our country. Um, we have countries and, and places that have been doing things and are at low levels and have open schools safely and are doing fine. So what would be ideal is to disseminate that information to the public here yeah. in a way that is motivating and brings everyone together as opposed to dividing people. But it would yeah. have to be done in the sense of they, these countries were able to safely open their schools when their COVID levels were at this rate, at this low of a level. So, hey, y'all, let's do this. Like, let's get this gone. But yeah. unfortunately, there's so many people, I, I'm pretty sure we're like the only country that thinks this is fake, that has a, at least a percentage of the population that's substantial, that thinks that COVID isn't even real. So yeah. like, you know, how to, to motivate that change and really get people to, to buy in. Oh, okay. Here's the goalpost. This is like our, our setted, our setting of a goal of like, we need the levels to be here so that we can get the schools to open. If that was like a firm, then that's what all the other countries have done with their phases. It wasn't based on some sort of arbitrary timeline. It was when we get to this level of decreased amount of cases, we will open, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think if everyone saw that, you know, um, I know people think that there, some people think their freedoms are being violated and stuff like that. But if it was more of just like a clear objective, well, Hey guys, this is just how it is. Uh, if we don't yeah. get to this number, schools stay closed. So get it together <laughs> if yeah. you want those schools to open, you know. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, that sense of community and like doing things to, to help people um, 
achieve a goal together does not seem to be present in the yeah. United States right now. Yeah, everyone's divided and no one knows exactly what's going on or um, or they're just ignoring it and thinks they're going to be able to go on their own way to do their own things and um, that the rules don't apply to them. So. Yep, exactly. Yep. Well, um, and Leslie said it so crazy when I talked about um, just all of that, just now when I had my little rant. <laughs> um, and Vicki said Florida is now being asked to mail in votes, but open schools. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, double standards and things going on right now. So um, I don't know. I don't know, but we definitely exceeded our two minutes and 30 seconds today. Thanks, Leslie, for that great topic. And I look forward to sending you some swag. If anyone <laughs> else has comments they want to share, feel free to drop them below. Um, I saw Kojo just join. Hey, um, if you have um, any uh, ideas for future Wheel Decide topics, feel free to drop those below too. And I think that's it for today. Yep. Yep. And um, we'll be back again next Wednesday. Same time, same place. Yep. <laughs> and different topic though. Yes. All right. Thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you guys.